As coaches, we join our clients on their own personal journey as they transform and discover themselves whilst working towards their goals. And for many coaches, myself included, coaching also texts the coach on their own journey of transformation, discovery and reinvention. 20 years ago, I came to this personal crisis in my life and it was sort of like the great storm. Everything was happening on every level and when it was all over with, I was facing an unknown future and even not knowing myself. So the journey of finding myself was really the foundation of where I am today. It's unlearn and learn about myself and, and create um, a, new, a new persona, a new me. Welcome to the Curious Coach Podcast. So buckle up as we travel around and explore the world of coaching. Here's your host and professional coach, Stephen Clements. In this episode, I had the pleasure of interviewing Diane McCoy, a professional certified coach based in Canada with a vast range of coaching and leadership development experience, including a time spent living and coaching in the Middle East. Today, Diane shares her journey, a journey of determination, challenges, self-discovery, and an abundance of resilience. So my name is Diane McCoy, and I live in Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada. And um, I would like people to uh, hear me as a coach who is uh, really uh, serving others and helping them to achieve success in ways they probably hadn't imagined. Mm, fantastic. Serving people to find success in ways that they can't, ima- can't, they can't possibly imagine. Or that they haven't imagined. Or that they haven't imagined, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, can you tell me a little bit more about, about that aspect to start with? All right. So um, I have gone into coaching specifically to coach um, people in leadership roles. Uh, that was my primary purpose. I found myself after uh, completing an education in leadership and, and training, I found myself out there training leaders on various leadership practices. And it was a very uh, empowering experience. And people left those workshops feeling very um, filled with excitement about the idea that they were a leader in their life, in their, in their role or in their business. But then they went back out into the world and found themselves going back into the same situation they came out of and being discouraged by uh, the whole experience of having this um, great high and, and then moving to a low. So the element of a leadership that I discovered was missing was the fact of coaching them to uh, get back into their world and dealing with the things that uh, they were dealing with on a daily basis and and helping to support them to overcome those things that had normally gotten in the way of their success. So, uh, which is how I arrived at uh, coaching, actually. It was filling filling a gap that uh, I wasn't aware of um, at the time. And from there, 
is coaching still part of those programs that you're delivering or are you focusing now purely on the coaching aspect of it? Well, I am um, always trying to promote, uh, you know, if you do a leadership kind of workshop or communication workshop, that there's an element of coaching involved as well because they go hand in hand and to have one without the other um, seems to um, always leave a gap of some kind. But that's not to say that coaching can't get people to the end result that they want or or really hadn't even realized that they wanted to get to, which is what I often find happens when people sign up for coaching. I'm, I'm not fully sure that they really understand or know or aware of what's before them. Mm-hmm. It's traveling the path unknown. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious, what drew you into the whole area of leadership development in the first place? Mm. Well, um, 20 years ago, I came to this personal crisis in my life. I was in a career that doesn't, didn't seem to be going anywhere, and um, I was facing um, a marital uh, breakup. My children left home. My father, <laughs> it's a, lie, a whole lineup of things. My father was um, dying of cancer, and it was sort of like the great storm. Um, everything was happening on every level, and when it was all over with, I was facing an unknown future and even not knowing myself. So the journey of finding myself was really the foundation of where I am today. It's, that's all I can say. It was about having to unlearn and learn about myself and, and create um, a, new, a new persona, a new me. That was the the foundation of where I am today. I suppose I'm, I'm I'm struck by how many coaches come to coaching through a voyage of their own self discovery. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that uh, for me, coming from that, like I could not do this work if I couldn't see myself as I've walked. I'm walking the talk. I've been to a place of, um, of discovering myself. So I do know the, the parameters of this journey and in, including what some of those barriers are. You know, one of the things I identified in talking to you was about how stories are so much a part of our lives. And, you know, in coaching, we are actually coaching our clients on their stories, on their stories of, who they think they are, and about the gap that exists between where people are and really where their aspirations are to go. And in the journey of coaching, we actually help to peel back the layers. I mean, it sounds like a cliche for sure, but it is an actual fact what we're doing. We're helping to dig deeper beyond what what the surface story is to what the real underlying moving story is that sometimes it's hard for them even to articulate because it's been covered over with so many layers of other stories. Mm. Our stories are incredibly powerful. Mm-hmm. Both what we tell ourselves and other people and also what we choose to place our focus on, I guess. Mm-hmm. And I think that often, um, for myself anyway, it was about me taking, you know, a few years of going through, of educating myself 
to really become aware of who I was and what my aspirations were. Because up until that point, I mean, my whole focus was family, family, family. I had two sons who at the same time, I mean, had left home. And so I was, my identity was um, totally um, something new that I had never experienced before. Like in some ways I had never left home. <laughs> and I had gone down this journey and now here I was a middle-aged woman having to uh, figure out who I was, where I was going, and what did I want out of a life that now I had some choices beyond um, what I typically might have had. Um, I suppose I'm struck by how, given how much um, change you went through and a lot of what I can only imagine quite traumatic events mm -hmm. that were happening for you. How were you drawn to coaching? It was my journey of discovering myself and how I wanted to live the rest of my life. I mean, you have family one day and you still have family the next, but it's a different context now. Of, um, and your role is different. I'm still a mother and I'm still a sister and a daughter and all those things but differently somehow. And with that uh, comes uh, doing lots of reflection and, and um, questioning what my motivations might be and aspirations and why that would be. So a lot of questioning and going through discovery of, uh, yeah, what my future might hold. And the actual journey for you then to becoming a coach and mm. get qualified and mm -hmm. covering yourself along the way can you tell me a bit about about that it's it's really quite amazing how this all rolled out but at the time i was going through all this change i was doing a conflict resolution degree which was oh my gosh paramount to me um examining the conflict that i was in on so many levels and so when i finished that it was as if uh, the whole learning route unleashed this, you know, ravenous individual who couldn't stop. So, you know, I heard about this leadership program at Railroads University for um, mid-career professionals and could actually take the program while you would still be working and, and that kind of thing. So I did that for two years, then went out and actually applied it, the uh, leadership training, to, to train other leaders in the organization I was working in. And it, it expanded, you see. And so that, again, led to the gap that I discovered in, in coaching. So Royal Roads University also had an executive coaching program. It fit so wonderfully well because I had already experienced uh, learning at Royal Roads, went back and took that program. And immediately, I mean, it was, it was like um, the on-site, uh, which was only, uh, I think, four days, I came back and I, I knew instantly that that was the, the actual, the food for the, the journey forward. And I just, I coached night and day off the side of my desk while doing my job to anyone who would experience it. Uh, I was into volunteering in the community and I took that forward to assisting community leaders as well uh, with, through coaching. So. And I suppose I'm curious, how 
how have you changed as as a coach between coaching at the side of the desk as part of your day job to to now a PCC coach certified coaching full-time to on leadership I knew from the moment that I became engaged in this that it was part of my whole focus for the future a few years later and I was still coaching off the side of my desk but a little bit more open to people approaching me to to be coaching them and I just knew at that point that my focus would be going forward on leadership development and coaching because it went hand in hand and I put it out to anyone that I knew that I was open to any possibilities that existed out there to do this work as a full-time job and um, it was my uh, friend and colleague in uh, Muscat Oman Benita Stafford Smith who uh, I reached out to and and she says she <laughs> advised me that uh, they were looking for a leadership coach uh, in uh, Muscat and I said <laughs> I went for an interview and I said this is it this is the one I've been waiting for so I um, left my job my full-time job that I'd had for 27 years I think it was and uh, traveled to Muscat Oman to work in leadership development and coaching wow it was like jumping off a cliff and going there's, there's really there's no going back well, I'm really curious. Um, that last day in your in that job you'd been in for the company, your I suppose your 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 life for those twenty seven years, as you closed the door on that and prepared to jump off that cliff to go to Muscat Oman. What was that like? It it felt as it what as it did with all the changes that happened in my life the ten years earlier. It felt like much like that, a great deal of sadness, but also excitement for something that I had not ever imagined. But I knew that was the right path for me at that moment because I was just so passionate about it. And to put it out and to actually live it seemed to be uh, very powerful for me. And it was like not looking back. Um, I had made accommodations for everything at home made sure my family was looked after, that I was in constant contact and had made all of those things, made that transition easier. And because I knew somebody at the other end, it made that move less frightening, I suppose. But it's not to say I, I'm not sure that I wouldn't have done it anyway. Just the mindset that I now had. And was it as you expected? It was, uh, was I, yes, it was as I expected, and probably even more so because it was a period of, again, growth for me uh, to let go of all the anchors of what I knew to be in a country that uh, was very different from anything I ever knew. And I was coaching Omani nationals. So uh, their culture, their religion, uh, all, you know, very different and I said someone the other day about that experience is it made me very humble in lots of ways because coming from coaching in a Western world to, to coaching in that world uh, as a coach you have to be where your clients are you have to help them 
on their journey of what their experience is. So that's, that to me was a humbling experience of, of uh, being with them where they were. And I could only imagine that despite it being a different culture and way of way of life to what we might be use, used to, we're still humans and we probably still share the same types of problems and challenges that connect regardless of our culture and our, our upbringing in some way. Yeah, yeah, yes, uh, absolutely. We are all humans. We all have our own journey. Uh, the um, it was interesting because it, with the Omani um, nationals that I coached, there was a greater reference to family and supporting community and uh, that kind of dilemmas that people brought to coaching conversations. I mean, I've coached people on those kinds of things before, but not to the extent that this seemed to be was involved here. So I got a sense of a lot of uh, about their culture through the coaching, what was really important to them, you know, caring for a family member in their community who had uh, dementia or something like that. And, you know, being a community leader and how do you do that with limited resources and things like that. Similar to maybe what we experience in the Western world, but it was different somehow. Yeah. And for your own learning as a coach, mm. what was your biggest learning for how you're being as a coach, if mm. that makes sense? I think that uh, what I experienced was a greater sense of um, coaching presence, maybe if I could use that. Um, it was actually, I think my confidence grew in my being a better coach uh, and exercising more patience. Uh, it, it was like uh, learning on the job, uh, being immersed in something that you weren't really aware of the kind of learning you were actually going to experience. So, you know, if I looked at the competencies, the ICF competencies, and I look at coaching presence as being the primary area of learning for me, the whole thing about being there for your client showing up consistently and being able to assist them more than I probably had ever realized. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And of course, there's the whole multicultural aspect to that now as well, that you have that unique perspective for, for many coaches in terms of both Eastern and Western cultures. Yeah, and it was interesting because when I came back, um, actually, I was sought out by a couple of people from the Middle Eastern culture to uh, to work with them. And they knew that I had been in that area. So, um, yeah, it, it created a, an interesting uh, perspective. And um, mm -hmm. so I enjoyed that experience once I came back to be able to uh, deal with some of the some of the issues that, that my coaching clients brought to the conversation. Mm -hmm. and, and that journey that brought you back then, mm. what did that bring you back to? Uh, well, I had some health challenges that um, brought me back. 
uh, which uh, I had to deal with when I got back. Um, but even that, you know, the whole experience of being in a way, uh, I was about 18 months that I was away. And so coming back, it sort of seemed like nothing was too serious that you couldn't uh, deal with. So the health challenge, I had to have, um, had to have uh, chemotherapy and things like that. But, you know, somehow that, that rich experience of learning sort of was just part of the journey uh, along this. And it just became, now I had another story to tell, another experience uh, to have uh, lived through and be able to bring to the work that I do with others. And when you came back, how did you go about establishing yourself back as a coach? Mm. So uh, when I came back, uh, so for the first uh, half of the year, I uh, was dealing with those things. But it was about, I mean, I was still on fire to, uh, to coach. And so it was actually reaching out to my, my network um, of people before I had left. But now before I had left, it was a very stable group. Um, I mean, my biggest amount of work that I'd been doing was in my job, but also in community leadership. So it was reaching out to those people and also to the Royal Roads University to say, listen, um, I'm back. And if I can serve in any way uh, that I was available to do that. So in 2013, I uh, became part of the associate faculty at Royal Roads in the executive coaching program. It was just thrilling to be back and, and immersed into to the coach learning, uh, working with uh, mid-career professionals, uh, all traveling on the same journey uh, that I had traveled, and that, of course, I was still traveling. So, and mm. mm. I'm just noticing you you light up as you talk about being part of that faculty and and helping others on their on those on that journey. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What I find so fascinating about being involved in the program that I probably didn't wasn't paying as much attention to when I was going through it is that the mid-career professionals that are going through the program are coming from all aspects of life, whether you're a doctor, a lawyer, a, a CEO, a HR leader, everyone is experiencing something and the coaching is providing them with some guidance uh, from uh, you know, different perspectives uh, because there's so much uh, learning involved in the program in terms of dyads, triads, teams, uh, you know, and they're doing so many things, activities to um, enhance their learning. That, um, so I'm, I'm hearing from, you know, the cohorts that are coming through is they're all smack dab in some sort of change and even uh, areas of their life of change that they weren't even aware of. It's like a ripple effect that uh, continues to uh, unfold as you're going through the program and even beyond, of course, as I know for myself. Mm. I'm, I'm struck as well by, by the thought that it would, be, it would be incredibly easy to come back and settle back into the life you had before and the job you had before, and yet you didn't. No, no. No, and I, and I really do believe that the coaching experience well, and the journey that I was on, it, it, actually, it, it actually 
opened up um, areas of uh, opportunity um, that I wasn't aware was probably available or I wasn't confident enough to, uh, to explore. So that was a new place for me. So going back to a nine to five job was just not an option. It was more, I was, um, let's just say it was hooked on, well, serving others for sure, but also the edginess around uh, exploration and taking, moving forward into areas that I probably only dreamed of before, <laughs> but wouldn't have um, done. Yeah, which is fantastic. <laughs> mm -hmm. and, and so that coaching, that leadership coaching that you're doing today, mm -hmm. Yeah, can you tell me a little more about mm -hmm. what's involved there? Or So what I'm uh, doing now is I'm offering uh, leadership development uh, programs and um, then supporting it with coaching. So my last, um, my last opportunity was with a manufacturing company and they had experienced a lot of growth. And uh, in that, they have, they've for, had to form new teams of managers and, and staff. So I worked with their managers and supervisors around these new relationships that uh, required them to communicate more effectively and, and their relationships had to become more fluid, let's just say, because people often, when they're in positions for a long time, they become, I'm going to say stagnant, but that's not really what I mean. They just become anchored into the ways of uh, working. This uh, was a program that provided them with a number of months of coaching, of actually doing workshops with them, and then coaching them beyond that, one-on-one. -on -one. So the great takeaways for that project, which I just love to talk about, are that they, they came together each time and they learned something new about what one or the other was doing on the floor in the manufacturing facility. What I found was interesting is that they, this training uh, provided the space for them to have conversations that they wouldn't otherwise have. And in a place where no one was judging, they were just sharing information. Uh, and so uh, one of the managers said to me, I wouldn't have known. I, I, I had no idea what I didn't know. And so the opportunity to have these kinds of discussions, sharing around the room and that sort of thing, and while they thought it was hokey at the beginning, uh, I, I had resistance, believe me, because the range of managers were from young to, to um, you know, close to retirement. So you have a varying degrees of um, working together. Mm. I, I suppose what I'm struck by as well is that the program sounds as though it's not only got the power to transform the participants, but because you're working with a selection of people from across the company um, or across an area that it's got huge implications for transforming the culture of that company or that area as well mm -hmm. yeah and the the takeaway for me was really about really enhancing the communication between the individuals who had uh, they're, they're dealing with time they're dealing with you know having products available it had implications for so many areas Communication was critical for them in getting the work done on time to deadlines, which they were facing all the time. And with shortage of staff, it became even more critical for communication to be 
always, always on. And I suppose I'm struck as well by how I would imagine that type of environment. It'd be very easy for the leaders, for the people working in that demanding role to be directive. It sounds like you've you've got them to embrace a different way of communicating. Well, I think that for any leader, there still is the element of being uh, directive. Um, But there's also the element of being uh, non-directive in terms of um, working with the relationship that exists between the individuals. As I think you said at the beginning, you know, we're all human. But, you know, in doing the job, sometimes we forget our humanness and the humanness of others. So the... um, the fact of knowing of someone's, you know, demands in their uh, personal life, for instance, uh, as I do recall, one of the managers is dealing with an ailing parent um, and, uh, you know, small children for someone else and sick children and, and all of those things. And it's about um, getting in touch with humanness, but realizing as well the job needs to get done. So how else are we going to do it facing all these obstacles or what? It seems like obstacles, but certainly can always be worked out. So having the patience to do that. And I suppose I'm curious, um, when you are offering these leadership programs and look and leadership coaching, are you offering your services through, uh, through a company or is this you standing as Diane McCoy and having to do all the marketing and selling and all the stuff that a lot of coaches seem to not necessarily enjoy. <laughs> well, um, I would say I'm not the best at that at myself. Um, uh, you know, cold calling is not uh, my forte, but uh, it is um, m- most of the work that I've gotten has been through um, working with one group and recommendations to work with others, that kind of thing. So um, that's how I've normally been working for the last number of years. So I've now um, terminated my uh, contract with uh, the company that I was uh, delivering leadership development for. And so I'm doing more now on my own. Yes, because I have enough experience with leadership and now to, to know the elements that that really work uh, for individuals. I'm doing a lot more one-on-one than I did in the past with uh, people that have uh, taken on new roles and uh, are requiring support to uh, to now move into those roles with the kind of confidence and and uh, that they're looking for. So it's interesting the shift that has that has occurred. But um, I'm still searching out um, group team coaching opportunities because I think that's where the real value comes with um, with helping teams to work more effectively and efficiently uh, and fine-tuning those relationships and communication skills because the spiral effects of those kinds of um, that kind of work I mean it's there's no end to it. it I suppose it's really interesting how as you tell your own story, you can see how all the pieces of experience and what you've learned have naturally built and progressed and you've arrived at this point today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I suppose I'm curious, what's, what gives you the most energy 
so you know so I do speaking as well speaking and I do at conferences and things but um, you know I'm always when I introduce the VUCA world the you know volatile um, you know uncertainty uh, complexity and uh, A is for the ambiguity. Yes, yes, of course. Well, you know what? That excites me. The fact of moving into situations that maybe are not so clear. Uh, and um, so it requires uh, some sort of collaboration to determine what steps are necessary to move into that. And so it is about making sense of things that aren't so, aren't so clear at the beginning. Um, and that then uh, brings everyone to a place of not knowing and the journey to becoming more aware and knowing. That's what excites me. Mm-hmm. So that whole piece of not knowing, working with people or an individual to help them get that clarity and then arriving at aha. Mm-hmm. Well, that is the leadership journey that we all are on, isn't it? And it's about uh, being able to live with that, uh, being able to discover that, um, and to to know that the the journey will bring you to the answers that you're seeking. And it's often it's not so black and white, but it's sometimes in technicolor. <laughs> mm, yes, and, and certainly I can relate to it from from my own coaching journey in some ways that it, it feels that the more what I love about coaching is that there's so much I don't know about mm-hmm. it and, yet, mm-hmm. and that every time I find some a new thread to pull on I've no idea how many different rabbit holes I'm going to go down well, there you go. <laughs> you've explained it very yeah. well mm. so I think that that might be the outcome of uh, continuing down this coaching journey is is the unknown that we're able to touch upon uh, you know, for ourselves, because as a coach, I find myself, I'm, I'm a continuous learner as well. And uh, to bring that to working with my clients helps to open up their awareness to that as well. Mm. And as a, as a continuous learner, what are you, what thread are you pulling on at the minute <laughs> to learn more about <laughs> Well, um, I was very um, interested in Peter Hawkins' work, of course, systemic coaching. So this fall, um, I took uh, that training. And uh, so now I'm on the, let's just say, on the journey of finding an organization that would be willing to play with, uh, play with me on this, um, this, this joint adventure. Um, but um, as well, I continue uh, with the Raw Roads program. Uh, and, you know, being involved in that type of learning continues to provoke for me um, ways of uh, developing continuous development um, and uh, keeps me, let's just say, I used the word humble before when I uh, explained about going to Amman, but in some ways when you're in a learning environment, it keeps you humble because I continue to learn. And I'm a mentor coach for the coaches in the program as well. So um, what a wonderful way to continually learn by uh, you know, mentor coaching uh, 
and uh, I, and as well I uh, go to Royal Roads to be part of their capstone so in uh, paneling coaches assessing uh, their abilities to coach so that as well uh, anytime that I've gone there to do that I'm just astounded by the experience uh, in working with them but also learning from them um, how to coach again it's it sounds like one of those lovely opportunities where by giving to the program you're also getting so much back mm-hmm. from it oh i'm getting a lot back uh, and i'm so grateful to royal roads university for both the faculty that they have uh, and uh, the opportunity to continue to be engaged you know our program uh, at royal roads each cohort is around 40 40 some students and we're delivering an online program uh, so it, um, it's quite a, a lot of work for the individuals in the program. Uh, I hear about it all the time, but yet they're drawn to this work as I was. So I'm reliving that both um, angst because I'm trying to, to do everything, uh, but at the end I know that this is the right journey to be on. <laughs> so, um, And speaking of journeys, where accepting that the that it is there's a lot we don't know mm-hmm. and a lot of it is about evolution but where do you feel your own coaching journey is going next it's my coaching journey is again uh, going to more my own uh, business of coaching uh, and i believe that uh, well my goal is to do more international uh, work and so that's yeah, that's what I see in the future. Um, there's um, my partner of uh, 10 years passed away in August. So that has led me to a period of, um, you know, reflection and, and uh, again. And so, you know, here I am again. I, my life has actually taken 10 year intervals of uh, different changes and things like that. So I'm, what do they call this now? The third stage <laughs> of life. Um, so um, again, it sort of seems I've been set free again in some ways uh, to uh, take on another level of work. Mm. If, if you don't mind me sharing, uh, the thought that, that jumped into my head or the word that jumped into my head is resilience and how incredibly resilient you are and have been um that with everything that life has thrown at you here you are in this wonderful journey still moving forward still exploring the unknown and by the signs of it helping so many people along the way yeah i think that uh that's been the discovery isn't it that uh this is um taking it uh, more Taking it as as this is my journey uh, to serve others, to help them to realize their potential, their uh, the array of opportunities that are there for them, um, and uh, helping them to see it, helping them to live it, and uh, because I've lived my own the same kinds of uh, support and tactics and techniques, and. 
it's incredibly inspiring. Mm. I'm glad that you can bring your own story into what you do in such a humanistic and humble way. Mm. Um, and yeah, it, it really is inspiring for, I think, for coaches everywhere, for people everywhere, really, in terms of what's possible. Thank you. I, I truly, it's a place I've come to uh, own, uh, if I can say that. I have the confidence to know that, uh, that it is this place that I'm very fortunate to be at, um, to be able to serve in this way. Just to maybe start to wrap things up. One question I'm always curious about is, and I, I know coaches don't give advice or generally don't give advice. That aside, is there any one piece of advice that you wish somebody had told you as a coach starting out? So it's, it's advice that I would give at the beginning and that I continue to give to myself. And that's to be patient. Because I found that when I'm less patient with myself, I'm less forgiving and less loving. So Diane, I'd just like to, to say thank you for, for sharing your, your journey and giving us a glimpse into the, the path you've traveled and shared with us some of the, the things you've gone through and also the the coaching activities and the, the your aspirations that you're you're doing and um, I wish you every every success on on the next stage of your journey and uh, yeah thank you for for taking the time to talk oh I really appreciate it Stephen I've um I've so, um, I'm so impressed with the fact of what the work you're doing in helping coaches uh, share their stories of their uh, work, their beginnings, their, their processes and things like that. So, um, and thank you for reaching out. My thanks to Diane for sharing her journey. I was touched and inspired by the quiet determination and resilience that Diane showed and wish her well as she continues on her own journey. I'm humbled at how open and willing coaches are to share their journeys with me and the listeners of the Curious Coach podcast. Thanks for listening today. And as always, if you'd like to get in touch, please don't hesitate to send me an email to stephen at stephenclements.ie. And that's Stephen with a PH. Full details of this episode and show notes, along with details of all the other episodes, can be found on my website at stephenclements.ie forward slash podcast. Thanks for listening, and until next time, don't forget, stay curious.